You're listening to the Theology Mom podcast. And now, here's Theology Mom, Krista Bontrager. Welcome to All the Things. Yes. Um, we apologize for the technical difficulties and starting late, but I am Monique Dusan, and you are? And I'm Krista Bontrager. And this is All the Things Show, the show where we talk about all things related to God, real life, and the Bible, especially from a historically Christian perspective. And I'm hoping that maybe we could get a monitor up here at some point, but yeah. Bob's still kind of clicking through things and we're great. There we, we are. are. Now we know where to look. Yeah. Cause I was like, um, I'm uh, just going to look at you. Yeah. I don't know where to look. There was no <laughs> monitor. Okay. So we're rolling here and we do want to thank Bob for all of his diligence and yes. pressing all the buttons. And, uh, there he is. Yay. And Emily is here tonight and we are so excited to have her here. Abby went to camp. Yes. She was like, bye. Yeah. Bye Felicia. I gotta go. <laughs> Yes, she left us. So we're hoping she's having a good time. She's doing the photography and video stuff at winter camp yes. for church. So. She's so talented. And we do want to thank you for joining us uh, and ask you to a great way to sh support the show is to share. Just hit that share button and uh, share the show and your social media feeds right now. And also to join the conversation in our live chat, you can go to YouTube. That's the best place to interact with us. We love seeing all your check-in messages and uh, who's watching us right now. And we are doing a book giveaway whoop, tonight. Whoop. Yes. Yay. My friend and colleague, Kenneth Samples, that I work with at Reasons to Believe, his latest book, uh, Classic Christian Thinkers. So this is my uh, personal copy and so I'm, I'm kind of liquidating my library. Well, there's and that. So, this is my personal copy, but it's still in new condition. And I'm doing it as a giveaway tonight. So if you want the I was going to say, what do they have to do? Here's what you got to do. You got to go on the YouTube live stream and type in, I love all the things. You type in, I love all the things. On the YouTube stream, on not the, on the Facebook stream. Get to the YouTube stream. Yeah, it's important, people. On the YouTube stream, then Emily is going to be collecting all those names and putting them into a randomizer, and we're going to spin the wheel at the end of the show. So this is a great follow-up to our conversation a couple week, weeks ago with Carillos. Carillos was, or is, not was, <laughs> is from the Coptic Church, and he yeah. talked about Christianity's early African roots. Yeah. And so I am sure if they are classic Christian thinkers, then we would have some of those um, early Christian yeah. fathers from that, like, northeastern African region yeah. in there. Yeah, it's really hard to find entry-level, lay-level discussions of early church history. And I don't know why I didn't think about uh, this book, recommending it a couple of weeks ago, but it kind of came to me after the show. I was like, oh, I should have recommended Ken's book. So I'm going to hold up to this camera here, the table of contents, maybe if they can. No, hold on. There we go. Here we go. Let's so see. Here we as go. you can see, it covers Irenaeus, Athanasius, and Augustine. Those are three of the thinkers that we talked about on the show, but there's also a very fine chapter on, on Blaise Pascal and C.S. Lewis. So if you want this copy of Classic Christian Thinkers, go right now to the YouTube chat and type in, I love all the things. Man, people not wasting no time. Okay, Th I see is. you coming through, Lisa. <laughs> I see you, Becky. Yes. 
All right. Tracy, Pauline is in there. Laura, um, Allison, Jesse, Laura Hartley. Yes. There okay. it is. Okay. So we're going to have the drawing at the end of the show. Jeffrey. Okay. Okay. Now, yes. if people right. missed last week's show, that was the great show where we got throttled by YouTube. <laughs> because we talked about something that... Should we spell it so we don't get throttled again? Well... Maybe we'll say S line X and it's not an O. It's <laughs> it's another vowel. We talked about that on last week's show. Um and yes, Facebook and YouTube throttled us and that was that was fun. Yeah. It was but, interesting. But if you had problems tuning into the show last week, that was not your imagination. That was just us being kind of quasi censored. Yes. And it wasn't that we were talking about S blank X in like all of its craziness. In, in we an were, explicit way. Yeah, we were yeah. really talking about the issue of gender and how culture is really in such a chaotic place yeah. and understanding sex. And oh, there it is. did it. Oh, darn it. <laughs> the bots are coming for sorry, us. Sorry, sorry. So we also talked about polyamory. Coming and if, what, now, the, what is polyamory? Because. Okay, great. Because people may not know what polyamory is. So polyamory is this idea of throuples, of couples with three people. If it's a couple with three, it's not a couple. It's a throuple. It's a throuple because a couple only involves two. And so we talked about polyamory coming into the culture and into the church and that it's kind of the next frontier of conversation and redefinition of marriage. So... Um, be sure to catch the replay on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, uh, Spotify, all of the platforms. All the places. Yes. So there it is. So you can check it out. Just search for Theology Mom. And very soon we will have a very our very own designated All the Things podcast stream. Thanks Can't to it. an awesome, awesome volunteer who is helping us out and getting that all set up. Yes. Now, we have a very special guest on today. Let's do it. Yes, he is a youth pastor yep. from not Wiley, Texas. Right. From Murphy, Murphy Texas. Which is, which right is next just door. right next door. It's yeah. like right next door. Yeah. Um, I haven't been, but maybe one day I'll get there. Yes. And his name is Michael Loftus. He did an experiment on TikTok. TikTok, if you're unaware, is a social app that a lot of young people are using. Yeah. They're using it to communicate and all this stuff. And so we're going to have him on. So yes. Let's, and let's he's going to explain it all. Let's get him on the machine here. There he is. Krista, thanks hey, for having me hey, on. Michael. You know, and, and I want to say up front, Pastor Michael is my favorite youth pastor. So <laughs> I love talking to him every time I go oh. to Texas and always uh, enjoy connecting and just saying hi. So he is so an fun. amazing and awesome youth pastor. I love what he's doing with the youth at his church and his heart. I follow him and his youth ministry on social media at Elevate Church in Murphy, Texas. And That's what right. I love about you, Pastor Michael, is you're just, a, a, you know, like we, you're a regular guy. You're in the trenches. <laughs> you're doing youth ministry. You don't have like a big platform. You're just trying to love your students at your church in your world. And uh, I, I love 
that about you. So my mom, I'm going to go ahead yeah, and give a shout you. out to your mom right now because she is coming all the way through for you. She said, he is <laughs> my he son. Is. <laughs> yes. Proud mama moment. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. She I is all she the is. way in yeah. for you. She might do a thousand entries for that book. So you might just have to like filter it out <laughs> or if you got botched for that. I don't know. That's all right. One time, a thousand times. All right. That's all right. Watching. <laughs> yes. Your mom is on the chat saying that's my boy. Yes. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. So I've been a youth pastor for about three years. And uh, probably the most important thing in my life, besides my relationship with God, is actually that I've been married to my favorite person for four years. So I have the privilege of being married for this whole youth pastor journey. And uh, while we haven't had any kids during that time, we're having a kid here in about seven weeks, seven, eight weeks. And uh, it's it's getting along real fast. And so we'll have a little baby girl joining us. And so that's really fun. We're excited about welcoming her home. Uh, the only thing uh, that's different about that is that we are finally officially parents and slowly people will give us more permission to talk about family because, you know, until you have a kid, sometimes it's kind of like other people look at you and say, oh, well, you just don't know my situation, you know? Yeah. And uh, so it's kind of been a fun journey where as a single guy, they say, well, wait till you're dating. I start dating and say, well, dating is fun, but engagement is when reality hits. You get engaged. You're like, this is fun too. They're like, well, you're just, you're just, you have all the tingles, all the fun. When you get married, reality hits. We got married. We enjoyed the first year of marriage and we're like, this is great. And then people were saying, well, you know what? It's that first year. It's like the honeymoon phase. But after that first year, it's real life. We've been here for four years and now for three years, they've been telling us just wait till you have kids. So we're excited about uh, doing youth ministry with a kid in the home. We're, we're going to keep loving marriage and keep loving students and families here at the church. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I love I love that because um, I, I hear you that sometimes uh, parents can be a little rough with youth pastors and saying you don't, you don't know what you're talking Our about. Our parents are wonderful. I have never yeah. had any problems with any parent ever at our church. I just want to make that clear. Okay. Then, no that's, good. Wait a, that's, that's a good word, but I do hear you. Yeah. I did children's <laughs> ministry and it was like, well, you don't understand. You're not a parent. You're not a parent. I'm like, sure. Yeah. But I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's so real, but, but you know, our parents have been gracious, but you know, it's, it's a very real thing that you're talking about and we both relate to. So that's really fun. I but, hear you. Yeah. So we enjoy being new pastors talking about things that uh, sometimes students don't want to talk about. Uh, sometimes they desperately want to talk about it, but they don't have an opportunity to. And uh, what's funny, and this kind of connects with social media, which is where we're going with this conversation, but when students don't have a place to talk about something, they often find a place to talk about it. And so one of the things that I want to keep in mind as a parent that is just welcoming a child into the home as a youth pastor, and as I talk to other parents, is just that when you're not having a conversation, the conversation will find a place somewhere else to happen. And so that's where a lot of people go to social media to have a network of friends that maybe people like parents, they're not aware their kids have another network of friends or people they interact with, but uh, those conversations will happen. So interesting. That's great. That's a great point and good lead into what we're going to talk about tonight, which is the social media platform of TikTok in particular. Now, tell us, give us a little background here about what prompted you to set up an account on... Well, before you do that, okay. can you tell us what TikTok, TikTok. actually okay. is? Sure. Yes. No, that's a great question. Um, so TikTok is a relatively new platform for the United States. It was something that started 
uh, I think less than 10 years ago, I think it was like five, six or seven years ago in China. So it's a China owned company and TikTok began to grow big time over there in China and then throughout Asia. And recently, just I think only three years ago, it came to the American market. They bought the app Musical.ly, which parents may not know anything about that either. But your kids, if they're older than sixth grade, they probably remember it. Uh, but Musical.ly was kind of popular there for a little bit, and then it faded out. But TikTok, China company, bought Musical.ly and continued the brand with TikTok. And so it kind of entered the American market through Musical.ly. And now it's based in California, uh, your home country. And so uh, they've got their base there in California and they've been operating the app in the American market for, I think, about three years now. Uh, it's well on its way to being one of the biggest platforms in the world. And we can talk more about that later. I don't know if you want me to talk about that now, but really uh, what is, if you're going to just understand what TikTok is, you just have to understand that it's a China-owned company, recently came to the American market, the United States market, and grew to the point where uh, it's one of the world's most popular downloaded free apps. And uh, as far as downloads, it's the most popular. Um, but Facebook, just giving you an idea of the growth of TikTok, uh, TikTok has 1 billion users. I made a YouTube video about a month ago talking about this. I had some old numbers, but the latest numbers are that TikTok has 1 billion users. Most of them are in Asia, but 1 billion users and Facebook has two and a half billion. Okay, so when you roll back the clock on Facebook, when Facebook was just a young little social media platform like TikTok is right now, uh, it was not even close to a billion. So TikTok is actually, it's got way more momentum and it's way more addicting than any of the other social media platforms. And I can tell you more about that when we get into why I did the experiment, but that's really what TikTok is. And parents, if you have not heard about it, your teenager has, and they may or may not even be on it. You don't know that, but uh, it would be something to investigate for sure. So. Yeah. So what, what did prompt you to set up an account on TikTok? Because to be honest, I hadn't really heard of it until you started making some posts about it on social media. So Tell us a, yeah. about what's what prompted you to set up an account on TikTok. Yeah, so here's kind of how it happened. I, I had learned about TikTok because I was listening to some YouTube videos about marketing, just trying to understand uh, what are the latest trends with marketing. And as a youth pastor, you're also part of your job is PR, you know, and, and website stuff, app stuff. And so uh, just trying to sharpen my game with that. And I heard about this TikTok and one influencer was saying, Hey, if you want to build a big platform, if you want to, if you want to do something real great, Instagram and Facebook, their algorithms are being more, are making it more difficult for you to reach a ton of people. But when they were young, their algorithms were really easy to work because they were little platforms and they were trying to get everyone connected. So, so everyone tried to build a business on Facebook. The early people were able to build a business on Facebook. Now it's getting tougher. So you got to move to TikTok build your base with TikTok. They've got a really easy algorithm and then just funnel them to your Instagram or to your Facebook and monetize it. I thought TikTok must be a big deal if this guy who makes a lot of money on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and all that stuff, just through all the stuff that he sells and pushes of his own, of his own resources. I thought that's an interesting statement for a grown adult to recommend this app that he himself pointed out was mostly teenagers. I thought that's really weird that he, it was just a curious observation. And then a few weeks later, I was kind of a guest speaker in the kids 
ministry and the kids service on a Sunday morning. And there was this young girl who uh, was a fifth grader, I think, and, and she was very quiet and she wasn't, you know, you got some students who are just bouncing off the walls. Other students are really quiet. And then you've got way below that spectrum is like no pulse, you know, like when you're talking to a student, the student was sitting on the back row, totally quiet, not giving me any facial expression. And I was like, Hey, good morning. And I tried to give a high five and I was like, Hey, what's good? good morning. And nothing. I was like, you know, just trying to act like I'm like, I'm trying to feel cool ish, you know? And so I said, okay, fist bump. Can you give me a fist? Nothing. I was like, seriously? And she's like, she's like, no, no, nothing. I was like, what can I do to get a fist bump from you? She said, you have to hit the whoa, which is a stupid thing. It's not stupid. It's just when you're trying to do it and you can't be coordinated like a teenager, you feel stupid. Okay. So I had to do this weird, like, yes, that was, you know, you got to catch it, whatever. So yes. she laughed at me and she gave me a fist bump after the service. She and one of her friends came up to me. And she said, hey, blah, blah, blah. She was talking. And I said, I tried to give her a fist bump again. She wouldn't give it to me. And I said, I said, are you serious? I totally earned that fist bump. She said, you only earned the first fist, fist, fist bump. And uh, she said, I'll give you a high five, though, if you download, the, if you download TikTok. And I was like, what? Are you serious? And, and you know, it's just my experience. It seemed like this girl had difficulty connecting with people. I thought, I'll do pretty much anything to make someone come out of their shell, you know. And so I pulled out my phone. And I had forgotten that I actually downloaded TikTok before, just like see what it is. Like I downloaded it, but I never opened it. So it was like buried in the back pages of my iPhone. Open it up. It's like, boom, I already got a TikTok. She gave me a high five. So that was that. Well, then that got me curious because I thought this fifth grader is on TikTok. And I thought it was like junior high and high schoolers, but there's this young girl. I was like, it was just kind of a strange thing. And so um, I was just in my office. And then randomly I thought, you know what? What if I did... 30 days on TikTok. And then I told parents what TikTok was like, because I don't know what it's like. And if I don't know what it's like, probably other youth pastors don't know what it's like. So I thought this is kind of like pioneering new information, you know, and I was surprised at how many teenagers in our youth group were on TikTok. I'd asked them about it. I like home groups and stuff like that. So what is TikTok? Almost all of them gave me a different definition. And so I had no idea. So what I did is I decided to do a 30 day experiment. And at the end of the experiment, I would make a YouTube video and my YouTube channel isn't even something that I'm trying to grow. It's just really something that's just convenient to send videos to parents or to volunteers and stuff. So it's just got a lot of uneventful things on there. But I made this YouTube video, sent the link out to uh, different parents. And uh, in those 30 days, I learned a lot. So that's kind of how the story went, which okay. inspired me to do the experiment. Well, you did it. Let's talk about kind of how TikTok works and what are some of the things that you found that people were posting on TikTok? Mm-hmm. Right. So the first thing to understand about the content that people share on TikTok is that uh, it's really one of the most addicting platforms that I've ever experienced. I mean, I've got, I'm not like real into screen. I try to be off my screen as much as possible, but I'm there. It's a lot of my work. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter are kind of the main ones, the big three that I'm on. And they can be addicting, especially if you've got notifications turned on. But TikTok is a whole other level of addicting. And I actually have much more compassion to teenagers when I see them on their screens because, I mean, TikTok is so addicting with just how its algorithm is one of the best in the world, if not the best. And it produces exactly the content that you want to see. And you can train your TikTok to produce content, whatever you want. I mean, when you first get on there, basically the only thing it knew about me was that I lived in Texas and 
that's basically it. It just knew my zip code maybe. And so it was just showing me random stuff from Texas. And so what I did was I looked up uh, lifechurch.tv on TikTok. I liked the first 20 videos that they had. And then from then on, my, my algorithm was just showing me a bunch of corny Christian memes or sermon jams where pastors were really getting into it. And thought, okay, this is a more wholesome content than maybe like the the initial experience that I had. So you well, can you can train the algorithm to show you the things that you want to see. Correct. So if I see a video in TikTok, actually, just like YouTube, I mean, I don't know exactly how the YouTube thing happened with you last week. That was weird, but uh, it can actually detect the words you say in the audio of the video that you you post. And so uh, if you're talking about I don't know if you're talking about pineapples a lot in your video. Maybe you're going to see a couple of posts about pineapples for some reason. It'll, it'll just know what you're talking about. But more importantly is the caption on the video, whatever it says in the caption, plus the hashtags. And for any viewers or listeners that don't know what a hashtag is, it's just one of those things you see on social media where it's got the number sign followed by a word or a number or an emoji. And that's a way of, um, it's a way of categorizing posts so that if you click that hashtag, even if you don't follow other people who have posted with that hashtag, you'll see all the posts that contain that hashtag. So I could click hashtag all the things. You click hashtag all the, all the things and you see all the posts where anyone, viewers, listeners, or even yourselves have posted about all the things, hashtag all the things, and you'll see all the content that's been shared with that hashtag. Now, the important thing about that is that when somebody likes a video, when somebody likes a video that has a certain hashtag, It'll start showing them more videos like that. And that's where not only is it more addicting, but it can also be dangerous when we get into some of the other content that people are putting out there trying to reach the young people who have downloaded uh, TikTok and, you know, they're, they're innocent. You know, 10-year-olds, uh, people as young as 10 years old, I mean, I talked to you about a fifth grader, but uh, even high schoolers, they're, they're all over the place there. They're on TikTok. They're watching content. They're liking things. They're commenting. And sometimes there will be videos that are inappropriate. Even can I can I say maybe I just have to spell things out. I don't know how much we actually being <laughs> you spell it, please, brother. P O R N. Okay. And yes, that's the abbreviated version of it because I can't spell big words like that on air. So, anyways, they'll they'll show that kind of material, but they'll use hashtag uh, sunny day. Yeah. Hashtag flower or mm. hashtag whatever sunrise, and people. I mean, teenagers use those hashtags all the time or hashtag just the fire emoji and people use those hashtags all the time. And let's say you've got a 12 year old who's on TikTok and she's watching TikTok videos and they're all funny and they're all addicting to watch. And she sees a video of somebody who, I don't know, they, they jumped in the window of their car and it was a really funny video. And it says hashtag fire, like the fire emoji. Your daughter likes the video. Well, TikTok just picked up that she liked the video with that hashtag. Well, there's another account that's posting P-O-R-N and hashtag fire emoji, and it'll bring up that kind of content. Yeah. And so that's where some of this stuff is, you don't know what you're stepping into or what you're allowing your kids to walk into. You bring up a good point with the hashtags because I remember... Um, last year, early last year, there was a hashtag going around and it was specifically regarding like cutting and suicide and those kind mm -hmm. of things. And mm -hmm. all it 
All you had to do was to know the hashtag and all the kids knew the hashtag. So then they're Mm -hmm. able to watch videos with people doing self-harm and things like that. But I want you to speak a little bit more about the videos. Um, How long are they? Are they like elaborate and long like you can do on YouTube? Are they really short? And does TikTok do pictures? So TikTok technically does not do pictures, but you can make a picture uh, like a slideshow and it'll be a video of multiple pictures if that makes sense. So it's not like you post a picture like Instagram and you can look at a picture and like it. Uh, but it's the videos happen. They could be two seconds long, although the algorithm won't promote it very much, but it could be as long as 60 seconds. So you can do a 15 second or a 60 second. Those are basically your two options, or you can do what's called a live stream. I mean, you can do that on YouTube and other things, but when you live stream on TikTok, the, the real draw to that is that you can actually have followers of yours donate money like like dollars to you when you're live streaming and a lot of people this is this is sick i'm going to get into some dark stuff here real quick and i'll try to spell whatever i think will be a buzzword but um on tiktok they will have people who are very popular they will start live streaming and they'll say hey if you uh give me what's called a drama queen which just means you donate a certain amount of money to them okay so whatever amount of money you donate it's associated with some sort of catchphrase but the highest amount I think you can give on there is a drama queen. So if you, whoever gives me two drama queens, you know, it's like a hundred bucks or something like that. Whoever gives me two drama queens, I will put your username in a video and I'll give you three shout outs and I will like the, the first 50 videos that you posted on TikTok. Well, what that does is it promotes the person who's being, you know, they're, give, they're receiving shout outs and this big influencer with a million followers are liking the 50 videos that your 12 year old is watching or whatever, um, or posting. And what happens is they get all these shout outs, but, and they're exchanging money for it. And a lot of times they'll even say, I mean, this isn't like all the time, but it's very, very common. And you could just, you know, look up TikTok on YouTube or the news and you'll see this. people are saying, I'll even send you my number if you donate this certain amount, or I'll message you this or that if you send a certain amount. Well, then you've got private messaging going on between your child and whoever this influencer is or someone who's not an influencer who may have a small account but is doing a live stream video and trying to convince people to direct message them. So now we're getting into some dark territory with the direct messages and all that kind of stuff. Here's what I would say parents really need to watch out for. Um, Some of the most popular things on TikTok uh, that you need to be scared of is h- how it relates to human trafficking. And I'm not saying everyone who downloads the app is going to be abducted and kidnapped and all that kind of stuff, but it's a very real concern that the government's having to deal with right now regarding TikTok, because what's happening are these predators who are 30, 40, 50 years old, these, these old men who are sitting in their basement somehow have videos of 10 year old girls. This is so dark and I hate to even say this, but it's true they'll find videos of 10 year old girls cutting their legs or their arms and they'll post it on TikTok and they'll say, nobody's my friend. Nobody loves me. I'm just going to kill myself. They say stuff like that. And then what happens is they use the hashtag, hashtag fire, hashtag sunrise, hashtag whatever, sunny day or blonde or whatever. And so it'll show up on the feed of a lot of teenagers and they'll see these things and these young, naive teenagers or kids even they will be on TikTok and they'll say, oh no, this person's hurting themselves. I'm going to help them. And so they direct message this predator thinking it's a 10 year old child saying, oh, don't hurt yourself. I'll be your friend. I love you so much. And they'll say, 
And then they'll respond back and they'll start saying, oh, you love me. That makes me feel so much better. Where do you go to school? And they'll start getting personal information from these little kids. And that's some dark stuff. And I hate even saying that because it's so dark. It's the kind of stuff that you'd see in just a really bad horror film or like a suspense film. And it's really messed up. But that's really what's happening on TikTok. And, and people might say that I'm overreacting by, by not really mentioning all the positive, fun things about TikTok. But really, any social media platform that's successful is going to have an addicting element to it or features to it. And so TikTok is a lot of fun, but there's a lot of danger there too. And uh, what I have found is that TikTok, uh, it'll give you whatever you train the algorithm to show you. Yeah, let's talk. I want to talk about that because the the training of the algorithm is so important because, you know, you and I are adults (laughs) and we can be careful about how we train our algorithm if we were on there or we could be careful about what hashtags to click on. But a 15 year old girl or a 10 year old it doesn't have the level of discernment that we have as, as adults. And, you know, that it's, it it really can take them to some dark places. And if you're a, a, a teenage boy or junior high boy and you're on TikTok, like how easy is it to start looking at porn on TikTok? It, it is so easy that honestly, uh, it, it could be it could be stumbled upon on accident and pretty quickly. I mean, if you're not pretty pretty consistent with what you like and all that, then it's probably going to show up eventually. I mean, the positive thing is that you can follow positive accounts, and then there's really two feeds that you can watch. You can watch the feed called following. So the people that you're following, you're only going to see their content. So that's what I chose to do, and I saw very controlled content. What you could also do is go to the part that's kind of up in the air, which what I found is pretty much, I haven't seen a student who does not do this when I talk to students in the youth group, but they don't look at the people they're following. They click the side of the, of the thread that says followers or not followers, but it says for you. It's a for you thread is what it's called on you on TikTok. They'll click the for you thread and they'll see posts come up that are only being shown to them by TikTok because of the algorithm. So it's not even people that they're following. And so you got, you got a young boy who's 15 years old, um, probably, I mean, like by the age of 10 or 11, they've already been exposed to PORN. Okay. So like, that's just, I know parents, I talk to parents who say, no, my kid, I've checked, my kid doesn't know anything about that. And then I talk to 14 year olds, they say, yeah, I've been looking at this stuff since I was eight and I was too ashamed to tell my parents. And so I just, they still don't think I know anything about it. And I'm like, wow, like you need to run to that conversation with your 10 year old. Um, I, I just think that's important, but it's really easy because what you do is you see it as a 15-year-old guy. It doesn't take a lot of convincing for a 15-year-old guy to pause when he's looking at TikTok and he sees something like that. And he may or may not like it, but TikTok also notices that you stopped skipping videos. So the next video is probably going to be something like that. And then the next video is probably going to be something like that. And you only have to watch two or three or four videos before that stuff is in the algorithm and it's going to keep promoting it to you. So it's like salt water. The more you drink, the thirstier you get. It's like the more you consume on TikTok, the more TikTok is going to show you. And that's actually why I I don't want to make a universal statement, but that's why uh, the majority of parents that I know, so high school guys on TikTok, uh, their their parents had no idea that they had a TikTok. And when some of them found out that their student had a TikTok, they weren't even concerned because they thought, oh, I trust my child. 
And uh, trust is great, but um, unfortunately we're human beings and this stuff chases after us. And uh, there are some things that we can do to help our children navigate that, but it's going to be very difficult if you're, if you're repairing the stuff they've been exposed to, repairing them for that. It'd be better to prepare them to encounter that kind yeah. of content uh, because it's going to show up on one of their social media platforms. Uh, but it's about, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Right. And what do you do at that point? You brought up a good point and you kind of just like went by it really fast, but people on TikTok can get information and videos from people that they're not following, right? Mm -hmm. right so you don't right. even have to have any connection with these people at all. It's not like Facebook or Instagram where I'm gonna send you a friend request and I'm more or less, aside from like ads, know the people who I'm in connection with on this app. These are just random people that pop up in your feed at any time. Right, so, yeah, and that's, that's dangerous stuff. It's dangerous and it's really important to understand that that children on TikTok are engaging in conversation and in life in a, in a regard with people that they have no idea who they are. And I also wanted to mention like, yes, we are highlighting that teen boys, you know, like that whole PORN situation with teen boys. But parents, if you have teen girls or young girls, mm. tweens in your home, don't be fooled. Girls are right. also um, subject to being influenced by porn. And I shouldn't have said mm -hmm. that word, yeah. excuse me, <laughs> Facebook or YouTube. Um, but this is something that's really serious. And if we're not talking about the influence of P-O-R-N on our young girls, we're, we're missing mm. it. We're, have, we're having right. a really big gap in a conversation that should be had. Um, that's so, so true. So in regards to like talking to parents, what would you say to a parent who says, you know what? I trust my kid. My kid would never do that. Like this is, yeah. this is almost the universal response I get to every time I try to bring up social media with parents is I get a bunch of comments. I trust my child and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like they, you know, kind of paint me as a nervous Nelly, but it's, it, it, the struggle is real. And if you're a warm blooded teenager, like these are real mm -hmm. issues. And yeah. I feel like so many parents, their rejoinder to that is, well, I just trust my child. How would, how do wow. you address that? Yeah. So that's actually been the response for the vast majority of the parents that I talked to. And when I initially talked to them, I didn't have anything negative to share. It wasn't like I was going around collecting data on their teenagers to report or turn in, you know, but as I began the experiment, I didn't see any of my students or people that I knew on TikTok initially, because I was just experimenting with the features of it. And I asked in passing, Hey, uh, you know, do you know anything about TikTok? Does your child tell you anything about TikTok? They say, no, no, I'm not even interested. It's just not something I get into. So, oh, okay. Well, then when I started learning about these kinds of dangers, um, the conversation started coming up and it, you're right. It's like the universal response. It's the knee jerk reaction from any parent. And I'll probably have the same thing. I mean, I I've talked to several parents who say, no, no, no. I know my child is not perfect. And then I'll bring something up. Hey, yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted to hear your thoughts. You know, were you aware of this situation? No, no that's not, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. <laughs> and it's like, that doesn't happen with my kid. And I would just say, man, trust is awesome. And the fact that there's trust in that relationship is such a good thing because there are a lot of relationships in families where there is no trust and that's a bad thing too. That's a very, that's a very real struggle. But I like what another Christian leader says. He says, trust is 
burned slowly and it's lost quickly. Uh, it's a lot like glass. It takes a long time to make, and, but it's very fragile and it can be broken quickly. Uh, trust is something that's earned and it's not just given because we're family or given because I love you. Trust is earned and broken quickly. However, um, I also like what Ronald Reagan said. He said, trust, but verify. I, I, I trust them, but I'm just going to verify, you know? And that's one thing that I think people need to have an accurate understanding of human nature because when they're defending their child's innate innocence or goodness, they may be onto something that, that I don't see because that's not my child. I don't live with them. But I would say, let's get out in front of the realities that this world is a sin-cursed world. It's going to present a lot of things that will put our children at risk spiritually, psychologically, socially, and physically. And so I would say, you know what? Get some sort of accountability software on the phone because you trust each other so much that if something comes after one of you, you're going to have each other's backs. And my wife, I mean, we have something called Covenant Eyes installed on my phone, on my laptop, on, on my stuff. And I mean, if it sees something inappropriate, it takes screenshots and it can email screenshots to her and my accountability partner, which is another youth pastor in this area. He's got no problem calling me up or meeting with me for breakfast and saying, hey, I see this in your life. You really need to change that. And that's a healthy thing. So if you want your child to be a healthy child, for the rest of their life, then you are having the wrong goal. You don't want to raise a child. You want to raise an adult. You want to prepare them for the real world and say, hey, you know what? In life, when you break the rules, there's consequences. So in this house, you know what? Let's make an agreement that we're going to uh, you know, honor God with the way that we do technology. And if, if something pops up, that's great. Self-report. Come talk to me. Say, hey, I saw this thing on TikTok. Um, I did not want to see this, but it popped up. Well, now we can go from there and have a conversation that's based on trust. But um, man, put covenant eyes on your own phone, I think, and on your student's phone, get it for your family. They have like a family plan that saves you a lot of yeah, money. Yeah, we have a, actually, and, I gave a link to my husband. We're going to put covenant eyes up here on the screen just so people know we don't, we're not sponsored by them. We don't get anything, but it's a very valuable resource. And I want to encourage families to go get this on all your devices, and um, even if you don't have kids, just to help provide accountability of trust but verify. Um, and because these things can uh, create strongholds in our life very quickly. Right. And, you know, um, if people have been on my channel, they know that I have a lot of experience in working with people who have been injured by porn and their mm -hmm. lives have been injured. Their marriages have been injured. And uh, this is a very real concern. And um, almost inevitably, when I talk to people, it started when they were like in junior high and, and they, they work mm -hmm. really hard to overcome it. But it's it's a really hard issue. And so right. Covenant yeah. Eyes is a great tool to to help. Yeah. And I, w I would say, too, like, you know, yes, you want trust between you and your child and teaching them accountability is an important thing because th we should have accountability throughout our lives. You know, yeah. not like, oh, right. I turned 18 or I turned 21 and now I don't need accountability because I'm an adult, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and parents have the responsibility to rear their children. So this idea of, I don't want to upset my child. I want my child to, you know, be happy. And, you know, we need to be friends and things like that. 
when I was doing youth, or not youth ministry, children's ministry, I, we got to throw those ideas out the window. I'm not raising or you're mm. not raising your friend. You're right. raising an adult. You're raising someone who needs to be responsible. And in this season, you may not be friends. That is a reality. And yeah, we want the best relationships possible, but you also can't build the best relationship that's fun and outgoing and friendly at the risk of their soul. Man, that's so true. That's so true. And if I could just say that the whole subject of internet content, the PORN, uh, I think one of the things that I've noticed with parents that makes it difficult for them to talk to their teenagers about it is that either the parents struggle with it themselves or they have other sins in their past that uh, they feel shame. Even with my comment about the 15-year-old boy, I didn't mention the females and I'm glad you did. But I think that all that does is just add shame to people who are female and they're dealing with that. And that's not even the point I was trying to, uh, I wasn't trying to make anyone feel shame or anything about that. Because the thing is, some people sign up for that. Other people, they don't. But regardless, it's addicting and it it really grabs onto people. And I would just say what scripture says, flee, like flee from lust and uh, don't try to fight it. Don't try to just resist it flee, run for your life. If it costs you everything, get free from that. Download that uh, software, Covenant Eyes, get free because there is freedom to be found. There's healing and every person uh, struggles with something. And uh, yeah. you know, for us to pretend that we're lust proof is, I, I, I just think it's prideful. And so I would just tell everyone who's listening or watching, that is a very real subject and you can find freedom. And you can also lead from a place of repentance. So if you're dealing with your own stuff between you and God, you don't have to tell your kids everything that's going on in your life and stuff. But, but if you are repenting, you're trying to find healing, then feel the freedom to talk to your kids about repentance and healing, uh, even though you're on that same journey, because uh, it, it is a healthy conversation and there's healing to be found. What would you say to parents who don't want their kids to feel left out? Well, everybody's on TikTok, you know, mm. but, you know, not in my house. So what do you do? What do you do then when your kid is feeling left out and you don't want to be the I'm anti everything parent? Yeah. And I think that's a very real um, struggle for a parent because they, they don't want to make rules that seem arbitrary to not only their kid, but all of their friends. Then you become the bad guy. And now your kid, you're afraid that your kid's going to be a social outcast and they're not going to have any friends when they get to college, then no one's going to be with their roommate and they're not going to have any network when they graduate, they'll be unemployed. And you're going to say, man, they're unemployed, homeless bums because I didn't let them get a TikTok. You know, it's so sad. and I don't want that to happen. Well, I, I mean, it's a very real thing. People want their kids to be socially connected. What I would say is there is very little evidence that your child having a TikTok is going to benefit their social life. In fact, anything that you really find on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat, any of those social media platforms, including the other smaller ones that aren't uh, global. Uh, you know, screen time isn't really good for your kid's social life in the first place. And so, you know, I got- Or their psychological the development or their right. emotional development. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of research out there and I'm not afraid to, to be the bearer of bad news. But if you just do a minimal amount of research in, in the scientific literature on the impact of, of these platforms are having on the brain development of children and young people, mm-hmm. it, it is real. It is altering how kids' brains function and they are mm-hmm. 
much more prone to anxiety and depression. They don't know actually how to talk to adults and have hard conversations. And I don't know how this is going to translate in 10 years into a lot of marriages Mm -hmm. because I've been married for 27 years and there was a lot of hard conversations involved in that. Right. Yeah. Well, I've, I've noticed too that uh, students who are not on their phones very much, there's some students who just don't even have a cell phone and uh, they actually maintain eye contact. They have really great social skills, uh, the vast majority of them, and they have great social lives. They're not dying of depression or loneliness or anxiety. And uh, I'm not saying that a phone is going to definitely cause that in every case, because you can also, I'm sure there's people without a phone and they're dealing with all that for sure. But I'm just saying the vast majority of times, what I'm seeing in teenagers, let alone adults, teenagers, is that uh, the students who have the most anxiety and depression and talk to me uh, also have the most active social media accounts. So I don't want my kid to miss out because of TikTok. I want to let them be social with their friends. There are other ways to accomplish that. Short term, they may be angry with you, but it's kind of like you said, Monique, it's like you're not trying to treat them like a friend. That's great if you are a friend for now. But worst case scenario, you're their parent now and you're their friend later because you won't be able to be their parent later. That's for sure. And you're going to wish, man, I wish I could parent them and they're 25 making these decisions. Um, you know, so my mom's watching as everyone in the YouTube chat probably knows that she's my mom, Lisa, but she is, she's my friend now, you know, it's very difficult for her to parent me. If I was doing something she didn't like, she'd be like, Michael, do that. And you're grounded. That's difficult for her to do, you know, but, but we're friends and because she ruled with an iron fist and loved me so much and reared me well. Uh, so that's, I mean, shout out to my mom, I guess, but, uh, really that's, I just want parents to know that, that you can be friends. It just may not be instant gratification. You know what I'm saying? Like just delayed pleasures. Now looking at moving, kind of shifting from the parents, because not all kids, parents are, you know, going to church or thinking about things like this. Right. How should this be addressed in church? How should pastors be having these conversations in church, either from like main service and and in like big church or in youth groups? Well, before we get into that, there's a really important point I want to make sure that we don't leave unsaid Mm -hmm. about the platform itself is that um, because I do want to come back to that. So don't let me forget. But I won't because it's my question. I got it. I got Uh, it. (laughs) I, I really think that. Because there's a lot of comments in the chat about from parents talking about, um, you know, they know that their kids not on these platforms because they monitor what their kids do. And I think it's what is one of the things that you said in your video, Michael, that I thought was so important is that the culture of TikTok is such that it's a Mm -hmm. it's somewhat about doing things behind your parents back, that that is part of the culture of TikTok. And Mm -hmm. I want to kind of say a word of admonishment of a lesson that we've had to learn the hard way about our children having secret accounts Mm -hmm. and don't think that, you know, everything your kid is doing on social media, even if you are monitoring them, Mm -hmm. even if, and Mm -hmm. I was just wondering if maybe you could speak to that and then we'll talk about the, the church a bit. Yeah. So, uh, in that video, that YouTube video, which you both saw, I made the analogy of Lord of the Flies, and I hate to do that because I try to stick to either biblical analogies or things that don't make people nauseated. (laughs) But the Lord of the Flies, that book is actually a really good representation of TikTok because in that book, it's like these kids, these British kids, they crash on a deserted island. 
all the adults don't make it through the accident. So these young boys, these junior hires, basically are trying to fend for themselves. They self-organize. And it's, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, storyline in there that comes out of world war two about human nature being depraved and flawed and all that. People don't like that book, but it's a classic for a reason. And that's when there's no adult supervision, even if people are 18 and older, but if there's no real authority over them, that's keeping them sane and ordered and uh, moral, then we divert to really whatever we're going to get away with and feels good. That's our kind sin of nature a, as Christians. Yeah, that's what we call it. And, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I used that word uh, recently, just a couple nights ago, and I was preaching to teenagers and one teenager was visibly, she was visibly upset with me for saying that we had a sin nature. <laughs> and, uh, but it's very true. And what you see is TikTok is underground. Parents are not on it. It's kids. It's kids and predators, basically. It's, that's basically all that there is. There, I mean, there, yeah, you could point to some influencers who are pretty amazing, wholesome people who have millions of followers, but that's not a lot of them. That's very few of them. And uh, those teenagers, it's really interesting how much more I relate to teenagers' humor after I was on TikTok for 30 days. It's like whenever they say something, I know that's from a soundbite that's on a video on TikTok that went viral, and I know that soundbite. So when they quote that soundbite, I'm with them and I know the joke they're making instead of it just looking like they're randomly, you know, just saying something or doing some random dance in the, in the aisles of Walmart. You're like, what's wrong with these kids nowadays? It makes sense to me now. You just see a different version of them and their parents have no idea because they think they monitor them. Uh, and by that, they just basically assume that their kid is honest. They say, so what social media platforms are you on? And they'll tell them all of them but they won't describe what's on them or they'll tell them half of them. And the parents like, well, that sounds like all of them. And my kid's not going to lie to me when I straight up ask them a question. And so, uh, yeah, but you, yeah, you check out the TikTok videos and I mean, you're seeing F bombs, you're seeing innuendos, uh, you're seeing a lot of, a lot of um, the videos that are pushed by TikTok. I'm not going to say the name of this organization or movement. So I'm just going to spell it LGBTQ. And uh, so you'll see a lot of that agenda in there. And, and teenagers are there. This stuff is promoted to them and uh, they're, they're coming across this content and they have soft hearts for a lot of things that uh, really they should have a little bit more moral clarity about, but parents aren't on there. So I don't yeah, know if I that like your question, but I'm just speaking to it. The LGBTQ um, narrative on TikTok is probably one of the highest, like right under PORN is that. Yep. Yeah. 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 So our friend Jeremy has a comment. Uh, he, Jeremy works with the youth at his church. He says social media kills kids ability to pay attention for extended periods of time. They can't read or think. Some even have a hard time following a full uh, uh, feature length movie now. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's one of my concerns as an educator of scripture is that it's really hard to talk to kids uh, young people about sustained thought. And that is what is required when we read scripture. It doesn't break into sound bites. It's a long narrative. It's a historical mm -hmm. thing. It's complicated. And these, these ways of communicating and interacting with the world condition their brains in many regards to not know how to give sustained thought to abstract mm -hmm. ideas and difficult mm. concepts and it, it kind of stunts their, their brain development. Right. And I've, I've encountered that as a youth pastor too. And, you know, that's one of the things that we have to preach on social media 
And as much as, you know, I hate the whole idea of sermons sounding like a motivational talk or, or like self-improvement, we got to teach teenagers because some of their parents just are not going to limit them. We got to teach teenagers, hey, you know what, if you want to improve, this is just something I tell students like, hey, if you want to improve your attention span, have less screen time. I'm telling you, less screen time, you'll be able to pay attention longer. Your homework's going to be better. Your relationship's going to be better. You'll be able to listen to people more. You'll be able to think, you you know, and like, you just got to teach teenagers. I mean, you got to do your best and at least tell them less screen time is going to be helpful. But also I gear my messages to where instead of preaching for, you know, 30 minutes or 25 minutes or 35 minutes, whatever I would feel like doing that night or what needed to be done, I usually do 15 to 20, maybe 25 minutes of a message. And then I have very strategic questions and conversations that we're all going to split into different groups. There's adults in each group for these teenagers. And I've sent a YouTube video to these adults explaining, hey, tonight I'm going to talk about this. And here are the questions. You're probably going to have these things come up with the students lead like this. It's like a two minute video that I just sent to the adult leaders. And it's not a big youth group. It's not like I'm running a big operation here, but at least it breaks it up to where uh, we have worship. We have the message and I'm not watering it down. I'm giving them good truth, solid theology and doctrine that's applicable to them. Give it to them in 15, 20, 25 minutes at the most. Then they love talking in a circle for 20, 30 minutes because it's a different question periodically and they all love talking about each other's thoughts. And that's one thing that I've had that's helped me with this conversation about their shortened attention spans, but it's very real. Jeremy's right. It's, it's a real that's, struggle. That's awesome. Um, going back to, I'm sorry, I do not apparently like to talk into the mic, so I'm going to do my best to just me and the mic. We are going to be one. All right. Um, Becky said, my boys are always allowed to blame me when they tell their friends that they don't have TikTok or Instagram. And most of the time their friends, their friends still like both of us. And I think that's such an important point of like. You know, sometimes parents have to just be the shield. Like, you know, I got to protect my kid. And if I have to protect my kid, that means I'm going to have to do the hard thing with you and say Mm. no. And I'm also going to take the heat if your friends, Mm. you know, what what they're going to. If I was a parent, your friend going to come and talk to me. Come on, Charlie. Mm. Come on. Talk to me, Charlie. What you got to say? (laughs) Um, But I just I think that's such a good point of, you know, let's be Mm. cognizant of how we're shielding our kids. But I also want to. Were you going to say something about another comment? No, I just want to go back to your comment about how to address this, you know, and and what the impact, Michael, that you see of of these platforms in shaping young people's souls. Like, what do you think is the long term impact that you see in the in youth that that these platforms are going to have? Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, I, I have a lot of hope generally, but the problems that it'll produce uh, the, the church will have to overcome and families will have to overcome is that with shortened attention spans comes basically what is quick, what is cheap, what is pleasurable. And so they're going to, these people are going to be voting soon. So a lot of times, you know, arguments, sustained thought, like what you're talking about, political argument, arguments that require sustained thought and not talking points. Those are going to be very difficult to promote unless you can do it in really emotional, compelling ways where you get your point across, but it may not require, it may not involve the full sustained thought, the whole argumentation of why this economic idea is better than this economic idea. That's going to be a thing in politics. And you already see that 
where slogans trump no pun intended but you know and i'm not that's not a political pun at all but slogans trump uh ideas and and concepts and arguments and so uh you see you see a lot more slogans being powerful and people remembering slogans but they don't really remember what anyone's economic policy their social policy is or their military ideas you know they don't, they don't really think about that they just think of slogans and and so i think you're going to see that in the in the political sector i think in business um it's it's going to be the the minority of millennials and gen z which are the current teenagers the minority of them who are really they can focus for more than a minute on one thing they don't look at their phones all the time they show up early they stay late you know, those kinds of people, they're going to rise to the top. We'll still have political leaders. We'll still have businesses that grow. But you're going to be looking at a lot of people who demand things without knowing what that is required. So yeah. their work schedule is going to have to be remote. You're going to have to hire Gen Z. They're going to have to be on their phone or their laptop at a coffee shop or their home or somewhere. But they're not going to like showing up to an office. And they currently don't, you know, and even a lot of millennials don't. And so remote is working remote is going to be a, be a big thing. Um, I think also with family, what you're saying about divorce rates and stuff like that, like, man, I've been married for four years and it requires you to really focus and think and deny yourself because there are times when, you know, Brittany is completely right about something, but I'm selfish. And I just want, like, I had, I had a good point initially, but now that we've logically thought through everything, it was really silly what I was thinking but I'm so invested in this emotionally, but I just got to give it up. Cause I'm like, you know what? She's right. But you know, and, and that kind of stuff requires sustained thought and it requires not being pleasure based. You have to, you have to think through, I got to be selfless. I could be wrong. That stuff. Very difficult with, yeah, I uh, just, with I, algorithms I, like this. you know, and I, I enjoy social media. I'm on social media. I think there's a lot of good. I think you can use it for good and redemptive ways, but just the conditioning of the neural pathways is what concerns mm -hmm. me. And I just don't see how these people, I think divorce rates are going to skyrocket, but that's just, you know, my personal uh, opinion. I'm, I'm, it's not mm -hmm. a prophetic word, but that's, that's where I'm at. And I think mm -hmm. that um, what we're, what we're going to see in terms of how it's shaping their souls is this instant gratification. Um, and that's going to, we're going to start seeing a separation from historic Christianity from, you know, what people are capable of, of talking about. And, right. you know, and because our faith is complicated and our faith um, is rooted and grounded in uh, the word and, and Jesus is called the logos of God. And mm -hmm. it is, these are complex ideas. So we got to round it out. I wish we could keep talking to you, Michael. Yes. It, it's just <laughs> been a great conversation and, Thank you for being out there and in the trenches and helping the young people in your neighborhood. Hopefully you've been an encouragement to some other youth pastors uh, watching. Uh, Definitely informative. Yeah. I want to say thank you to Lisa. Thank you very much. <laughs> she yeah, was like, you know, like yeah, Bluff is 2.0. Yeah, she she is a big fan of mine. She's a big fan. So <laughs> she likes me a lot. But hey, I just want to thank you guys for having me on. And any parents, if I've totally traumatized you and freaked you out talking about TikTok, uh, just know that the Holy Spirit is going to be the most useful th thing in your life uh, through this whole thing. God's God's going to be with you. Social media didn't catch God off guard. So uh, it may have caught all of us off guard, but God see, saw it coming. God's got a plan. So follow Jesus. And as long as your kids love Jesus, then uh, I have a lot of hope for them. So thanks for having me on, guys. Good work. Right, thanks thank so you. much. 
Thanks, Michael. Okay. Wow. Good. Great conversation. And I want to remind everyone, once again, we're doing the book giveaway in just a few minutes. So if you want to enter, go to YouTube, go to the chat on YouTube and type in, I love all the things. Emily is collecting those entries and we're going to spin the wheel here in just a few minutes. We have a comment from Phil and he says, if you don't have Disney Circle, get one. And through it, you can block apps you don't want your kids on while they are on Wi-Fi. It's a start. I haven't heard of this app. So thank you for posting and that. And I That's know, awesome. Phil. Thanks for tuning into the show. Um, Phil and I grew up at the same church. So he's a brother of a friend of mine. Um, so many good comments here. And yes. I've got a couple more entries. Jeremy's entering. Maria, Maria. is entering. Uh, Donna in Wyoming says, hopefully the pendulum will swing back and we'll stay disconnected more from this stuff. I'm wondering if that's going to start to be a trend of like disconnecting and people will start, uh, you know, that, that will start being a thing where people will, um, engage in more authentic relationships and disconnect more. And my daughter, Emily's giving me the thumbs up. So maybe that's a thing. (laughs) I hope so. Um, any thoughts about what social media will look like in 10 to 15 years? No, I have no thoughts about that. I try not to think about it. Um, but uh, if you want to check out uh, our uh, past episode on transhumanism or uh, Fuzz Rana's book on transhumanism, that's sort of the future of where a lot of the technology is heading. Um, so if you're watching on Facebook, make sure to head over to the youtube stream so you can enter into the the book drawing all you have to do is type in i love all the things in the comments and we will know that you are entered yes um donna says i'm glad my kids are grown social media has made parenting so much harder boy i Mm -hmm. so agree with that it there's so many more challenge the different challenges and um it's just porn is just so much more accessible now um, you can just download it so easy. You don't even have to pay for it. It's just out there. And it's yeah. it, it's not like, you know, it used to be. So it. All right. OK, should we go on here? Yes. Keep those comments coming. All right. We're we are coming for you, Phoenix, in just a few weeks. Yes. Well, five, maybe uh, something like that. Yeah, about yeah, about five four, weeks, four or five weeks. So April 3rd and 4th. So tell tell them what we're what we're up to here. So we're going to be at a women's conference in it's in Tempe, right outside of Phoenix. Yeah. Um, called Change for the Better. And Krista's going to be doing two plenary sessions. And then together we're going to do a breakout session called The Great Awakening, where we're going to talk about critical race theory. And Can we get the graphic up one more time? Um, All right. Uh, yeah, go ahead. And, well, you know, I have so many conversations going on around me. I'm just trying to stay focused. <laughs> there it is. Um, we're going to be talking about critical race theory and its um, push into evangelicalism, the dangers behind that, and why we should be rejecting critical race theory. I think it's going to be a good time. This is a co-sponsored event with the church there at, at uh, Arizona Community Church. So if people are in the Arizona area and they want to come out, now's the time to sign up, I think. In the do- Arizona area? Yeah. They'll, they'll drive to see us. Well, I mean, if you and Yuma, come on down. We're, we're big. <laughs> There's that. We're I, big in Arizona. I, you know, I was thinking more like, you know, if you're in Phoenix, you know, maybe somewhere I'm around there, big. Glendale. Yeah. Something like that. But I mean, if y'all want to come on, come on. Yeah. 
Yes, it's April, April 3rd, 3rd and 4th. Yeah, it's a Friday night and all day Saturday or most of Saturday. And I'm going to be doing two plenaries. Um, I'm going to do one on Friday night and then one on Saturday. And then Monique and I will do a breakout. And then they're going to have another speaker there as well as going to do a breakout. But Yes, and I actually went, went to Biola with her. And I that's was like, because oh Monique gosh. knows everyone. Of course yes. she knows the person. Yes, and I don't want to say her name because I don't really know like all of that, but not, not that I don't know her name. I don't know if, yeah, like how private or whatever she is. I don't know. I'm just always like, well, it's on the website that she's speaking. Oh, <laughs> it's not don't too worry. private. Don't worry. Never so, mind. Anyways, it's co-sponsored by our friends at women in apologetics and the Arizona community church women's ministry. So go get connected. If you're in the area, come out and see us and we will, uh, look forward to meeting you. And we're also have another speaking thing coming up. Maybe we can announce that soon once it gets all solidified. But we're going to be coming to the East Coast, Lord willing, in April as well. Ooh, I hope so. you all have good weather on the East Coast in <laughs> April. We want to find good barbecue. These are the priorities. Yes. When we come to uh, the Southeast. Okay. One more time. You can enter now. Just more go people to- have entered yes. just now. So go to the chat box on YouTube and type in, I love all the things. And you can be entered to enter to win Classic Christian Thinkers, which we are going to give away in just a few minutes here. Um, Donna, thank you for posting our crash course on critical race theory on some Facebook pages today. Thank you very much for doing that, helping us spread the good word there. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you for that that kind word. Depends on which part of the East Coast. More of like the Southeast. Yes. Yes. Southeast. Yes. We will Southeast. hopefully be able to announce that publicly soon. All yes. right. Let's talk about the coronavirus. Oh. Do you know? Okay, maybe I shouldn't know this. But the sa- I, I read that the sales of Corona beer went down 30%. Well, you'd know more about beer than I would. I don't drink beer. No, no, no. Let's be real, people. I don't drink at all. A good wine I am not opposed to. (laughs) I am sorry if that offends some. Okay. So Corona beer sales are down. Yes, because of the coronavirus, because people think that the two are somehow related. Come on, people. That sounds like fake news. I don't think it is. I think that some people have some things that we need to go talk about. (laughs) So I did want to highlight my colleague, Dr. Anjanette Roberts at Reasons to Believe. She's a molecular biologist and her expertise is actually in viruses and virology. She's worked on, um, she's done amazing work the last two decades uh, for various, including the NIH, various agencies developing vaccines and treatments for different problems. She has a great article on the coronavirus on the Reasons to Believe website. Bob's going to pull that up here. And you can go to reasons.org and just type in Corona and it'll come right up. Uh, Do I need to worry? It's a good kind of um, overview of the situation. And so you can check that out. But I also want to let you know, if you want updates, uh, Dr. Roberts has been offering updates on her public Facebook page, which you can go to. Um, It is, I think it's, is it AJ Roberts underscore? underscore rtb aj roberts rtb on facebook 
It's her public page. You can go there and she's been posting updates periodically. Uh, so uh, it looks like she got a Lent post there at the top. But if you scroll down a bit more, she's been posting periodic updates related to the coronavirus and keeping people informed. So if you want to know more about the coronavirus from a, a person who is an insider, a molecular biologist, a real expert and not a um, conspiracy theorist, uh, go to check out AJ's uh, blog post and her feed on Facebook that will keep you in the know. But we kind of had some thoughts about this from a Christian perspective. Yes, people, let's not lose our minds. Let's wash our, <laughs> let's wash our hands. Wash your hands. Please wash your hands. That is like the number one way to stop this virus. Yeah. From what I read, we need to wash our hands. Don't just don't just hold on to the germs. Release it. Let it go. Wash your hands. Um, and then let's not enter into what was the word you used? Despair. Yeah. If people remember our New Year's show. I yeah. Said my, one of my New Year's resolutions was no despair. We're not going to have any despair. We're not going to go into despair and we're not going to enter into High levels of anxiety and fear. Yeah. Like, let's be level-headed about things. God is still on the throne. Yes. Stay on mission. Yes. Take let's, your vitamins. Take, <laughs> we're being very faithful here. Okay, we're going to be in on mission, but we are also going to wash our hands and take our vitamins because ain't nobody got time to be nasty. Yeah. Wash your hands. <laughs> I'm, I could do a personal, like, two-minute advertisement for why you should wash your hands yes and then put lotion on because nobody has time to be ashy <laughs> so no despair we're continuing with our no despair theme in 2020 god is still on the throne let's stay on mission let's share the gospel let's take our vitamins let's love our neighbor and take our vitamins and wash our hands and wash our hands and that was aj's advice uh when i talked to her about this is just um use good cleanliness uh be informed, but don't panic. Now, see, I have some panic in my spirit because Tracy said the snow melts and it's very muddy everywhere you go. Now, I, is this I, back east? Yes. Is and now I say snow. Oh, because of our back east trip? Yes. Oh, we no. I need to rebuke snow. I cannot <laughs> even with snow. I need it to be at least a pleasant 76 degrees. In April, you're still having snow melts back east in North Carolina? Oh, I hope not. Um, now now yeah. they're talking about my comment about the barbecue. Well, we need barbecue. I we, need bar lots of barbecue and no snow. Oh, okay, wait a minute. Before we go on to- In North to Carolina. Well, there's that. Before we, we go on to, to the book review tips. and all of this stuff, I need to give a highlight because I had a birthday not too long ago and I got this shirt- I don't know if you can really see it all the way, but it says not. See, I got a twist and talking to my microphone. Ooh, somebody need to pray for me out there. Why y'all trying to test the Jesus in me? <laughs> People, when I say that I am a work in progress, it's going to fall off the table. I'm very nervous. I am a work in progress. This shirt completely just sums up who I am. And Bob got it for me. And I want to say thank you because I think it's so cool. Like, I'm like a walking billboard. Like, I have Jesus. Yes, I do. <laughs> but I still have a lot of Monique, too. <laughs> so just pray for me while I work that out. But I want to say thank you for my shirt. B 
because it is awesome. And I know one other person who has this shirt. We are talking about my shirt in the name of Jesus. <laughs> we are. Yes. Yes. Okay. We can go on to the, the book drawing now. Okay. Are we ready? Yes. We're, we're gonna or the tweet of the week. Which one? Would, let's no, do the tweet gonna, of the week no, we're first. we're going to do the book drawing. No. Let's do the tweet. Tweet, tweet okay, of the week. Okay. Last yeah. chance to enter yes. right now. Give people more chances. Emily's going to. to oh, she just killed herself. Her oh. knee just. I think she fell over. Yeah. Okay. All right, just type in I love all the things in the live chat box on YouTube and then say a prayer for Emily's knee because she just got Wait, caught. Donna Wyo said, I live in Wyoming. Lots of lotion necessary. <laughs> yes, but you can't be ashy. Don't be having that dry skin. Mm-mm, it's wrong. Tracy says she loves your shirt. Thank you. Okay, yes. tweet of the week. That's when um, Pastor Michael was like, you got to do the whoa. I don't really know how to do the whoa, but I know what you got like, the whoa? whoa, like you got to like bring it around and kind of like shake it and stop real quick. I'm not the best whoa. I've only seen it like twice. Your nephew's really good at it though. He is. We he should is. get uh, him uh, get a, a video look. of him doing the whoa. Cause yeah. he'd be like, whoa. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Tweet of the week. All right. Uh, my friend, Elisa Childers, who is in my opinion, the most important, one of the most important apologists of right now of this cultural moment had a great blog post that she posted today. So I'm going to get the tweet up here. Here are my thoughts on the deconstruction stories of Rhett and link, which are apparently a couple of uh, Christian YouTubers or formerly Christian YouTubers who are now identifying themselves as agnostics. And um, I've had some people asking me for my opinion. I'm a strong believer in not reinventing the wheel. So I'm just going to refer people to Elisa Childers, very fine blog post up on the gospel coalition this morning, and you can go check it out. I think I have a screen cap here of the article itself. There it is. Let's deconstruct a conversion deconversion story. The case of Rhett and Link, who I guess I've never heard of. I guess they're kind of big. They really are. Emily, have you ever I've heard of them? I've never heard of these people. Yeah, you've they're heard of them? YouTube, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I hear they're very personable, very popular, and they have now, uh, they're self-identifying as... Um, Agnostic? Agnostics. I the love article- I love it that her article mentions Neil Postman, who's one of my all-time favorite authors. Um, and uh, yeah, so you people can go check that out. I highly recommend... Um, interacting with that article. So that, my friends... It's very well written. Is um, the tweet of the week. And very informative. Yeah. I loved a lot of the points that she highlighted and like what are the things that we should be questioning at this moment in time. Really, really good article. Jeremy says, y'all need some snow and cold. Bill's character puts hair on your chest. I kind of like my character even though I am a work in progress and I don't know about that hair on your chest situation. <laughs> I, that makes me have some questions um, just for my personal life. I'm not saying, you know, it's not for everybody. Just me. Um, okay. Are we ready to give do the book giveaway? There it is. This is the final thing. All right, Emily. Can I enter? Because hold on. No, you can't enter. Too late. Too late. You can't enter. Yes, I can. <laughs> no. Yes. Employees can't enter. That's got to be in the bylaws somewhere. Okay. Let's spin the wheel. All right, there's all the entries. Okay, go ahead and spin Let's it. See. 
Oh. Well, it actually entered me. If I win, I will release my winnings. I wish I would win. That'd be awesome. I was so close. Melanie. Melanie. Yay. Melanie Baroche. Okay, Melanie, you got to like DM me or something to send me your physical address. Don't stick it on YouTube. Because uh, so, I might come visit. I'm just saying. You want to spin it again for a runner-up? All right, we'll, we'll spin it one more time for a runner-up in case Melanie doesn't DM me in the next 24 hours. Okay, we're going to do this is for the runner-up. So, Melanie, DM me in the next 24 hours with your physical address, and I will mail you a book. Our runner-up... It's me. Oh. ...is... Becky, Becky. Milstead. Yes. All right, Becky. I think she might be in my small group. All right. All right. So, Melanie, 24 hours to DM Krista with your information. Send yes. us the deets. Um... Or we will be going to Becky. That's right. All right. Because I have Becky's. I think I have Becky's information. So there it is. Classic Christian Thinkers. I want to recommend it. If you're looking for an entry level kind of discussion into great Christian figures in our history. Hard to find stuff that's entry level. That is a good thing that you will enjoy. Okay. That's about it. That's a wrap. All right, please um, share the show. If this was helpful and informative in any way, share the show with your friends. Um, make sure that they know about us on all of our platforms, Google yeah. Play, Apple Podcasts. Tell them why you like the show. Like, it's so helpful to get, like, a personal recommendation from someone else. Yep. Um, like, because when, like, I go and go to a good restaurant, I want to tell people. I just don't want people to find out, like, on Yelp. Because then it's like, oh, that could be true. You ever go to a bad Yelp review? Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, All right. So, yeah. And then be sure to subscribe to the show notes. Yes. And check out our website. Allthethingsshow.com. You can sign up to receive the weekly show notes there. Yes. If you haven't liked us on Facebook, go to our Facebook um, page and like us. Yes. Yes. So, I don't know. I thought we had some graphics, but maybe not. That's okay. The show notes, maybe? The, The website? You guys, thank you so much for. Oh, see, that's okay. all I'm saying. They still, oh, we still be is. having conversations. Oh, still the, uh, I'm trying to mom. talk, and well, people be having conversations. There it is. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going. I'm, <laughs> I don't know when I'm supposed to say something. Okay. But you guys, thank you so much for watching. It just like boosts our weekend, and we're so glad to have you here. Thank you for interacting with us in the chat box. We appreciate it. We appreciate your time and your thoughts, and we can't wait to see you guys next week. That's all. Take care. God bless. Bye, folks. Whoa.